I'm turning to Zechariah chapter number 8, verse 11 through 13. But now, everybody say now. I will not treat the remnant of this people as in the former days, says the Lord of hosts. For the seed shall be prosperous. The vine shall give its fruit. The ground shall give her increase. And the heavens shall give their due. And I will cause the remnant of this people to possess all of these. Wow. And it shall come to pass that just as you were a curse among the nations, O house of Judah and house of Israel, so I will save you. And you shall be a blessing. Now you know what is required for you to be a blessing. You first have to be blessed. One of the laws of importation is such as I have, give I unto thee. You can't give what you don't have. So for you to be a blessing, it required that verse 12 become a part of this prophetic overview of the nation of Israel and their next years. They had to be blessed. And then God says this, do not fear. There's been so much fear the last two years. I want somebody to say it. I will not fear. Would you do that? Do not fear, God said. But you don't know what's going on. Do not fear. You don't know the God that's in charge. Do not fear. You say, but pastor, there's a pandemic. Yes, but let me tell you about a man named Jesus too. Amen. Do not fear. But pastor, this whole economic thing. Do not fear. Consider the lilies. Jesus said, they toil not, neither do they spin. And yet Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. It's what Jesus said. Sermon on the Mount. God's going to take care of you. So I want somebody to shout it out loud. Do not fear. Would you do that? And let your hands be strong. That's what the verse says. In these verses, God tells Israel prophetically that a shift is coming. Israel had been in captivity for 70 years. And at the word of the Lord, they had returned to their homeland. And they had managed to rebuild the temple. You see, God never lets one promise that he utters over your life fall to the ground. And be negated or return empty. They were bruised to be sure. (laughs) Tattered. Broke. Am I talking to anybody? After 70 years of captivity. They had seen some rough times and were struggling. But what is significant in these verses is that God promised. That he was going to cause a complete turnaround in their situation. I want you to hear me. He promised a shift was coming, but it was a shift toward a particular direction. And that direction is the word that I feel in my spirit for the year 2022 for Inspire Church. And I'm going to talk about that in a moment. But first I want us to pray. And then if you'd kindly give me a few minutes, I'm going to 
establish a construct for what I want to talk about. That I feel that God has impressed upon my heart. Lord, I'm so grateful for your word. Your word orders our steps. It gives us hope in the middle of despair. It gives us light that we may know how to walk through dark times. It's a lamp unto our feet. I thank you because your word is also forever settled in the heavens. It cannot be changed. It cannot be shaken. Every promise of God will come to pass. And therefore, I pray that you will help us to cling to every word of God that you speak over our lives. Rather, that's in prayer, in reading the Bible, in the house of God, wherever it may be. Lord, help us to hold on to those words And may we see them come to maturation and fruition in our lives. And I thank you for them. And everybody shouted and said, Amen. Amen. Give God a praise, if you would, one more time. Amen. Well, I'm always excited when a new year begins, aren't you? First of all, it means I made it through the last one. (laughs) Think about that. That is no small feat or accomplishment. The new year is God's way of giving us a much needed opportunity to leave some things behind that we don't want to carry into the year 2022. Think about it. God could just as easily have made time be completely linear rather than cyclic, but it is cyclic. The earth revolves around the sun. Time marches forward 24 hours to a calendar day. 365 and one quarter days a year. And it's been doing that ever since God created this planet. That means that every 12 months, God gives you an opportunity to start all over again. And drop some things off that you don't want to carry into the new year. And there's some things that I don't want to carry with me into 2022. Just don't want to do it. It's also an opportunity for us to move forward into what God has planned for us next. And that's exhilarating. Because we know this much about God. God doesn't plan bad things for his people. He doesn't. I don't care what you were taught. I don't care what somebody told you. God's sitting up there with his arms folded, his chin stuck out with a big scowl on his face. I I don't care if somebody told you God is the motorcycle policeman hiding behind the billboards on the highway of life. Ready to pull you over. I I don't care. That's just not reality. Not the truth. This is who God is. Jeremiah 29 and 11. For I know the thoughts that I have towards you. You. You think that's everybody else. But I need you to do this. Take your index finger and point it at your chest. And say me. I know the thoughts that I have toward you. Says the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil. To give you a future and a hope. The enemy would always tell you. That that's for somebody else. But it's actually for you. There are other reasons the new year is already. As it were. A thrilling and wonderful time for me. And I look forward to it. Already in it. Excited about what's being unfolded right now. Where we're at. And that is long before the end of the previous year. I fast and pray. For God to give me a word for the new year that is coming that I can give it to his people to encourage them and to stimulate their faith as we move forward in that new time. 
You see, God knows what's going to happen next. And I, I don't like, I'm not one of these guys that likes to prepare his message on Saturday night before Sunday. I just don't do that. I, I, my messages are planned out way in advance. And somebody said one time, uh, how are you going to feel after God? I said, well, sorry, God happens to know what's coming 10 years from now. Much less this coming year. He knows the word that this church needs to hear. He knows what you need to hear. He knew there was a pandemic coming before they ever discovered it in Wuxian, China. Before anybody ever got the first fever, God knew that was going to happen. And I've learned this about God. If I can just get a word that I can use when I get home from church to help me, then I can continue moving forward. Doesn't matter what the circumstance is. If I can get a word from God, the word will change the circumstance to fit the word. God does that. He will change everything around us to line up with the teachings of his word. The Bible tells us he spoke the worlds into existence with his word. So circumstances change to meet his words, conditions, not his word has to change to reflect the circumstances. So important. Now I've learned that if I can get a word from God, the enemy won't be able to rob me of what God is about to cause me to experience. He can't have it. No, if I get a hold of that word, I've, I've got it. Amen. And I don't claim to be a prophet. I'm not. I flow in that every once in a while. And there's been evidence of that. And I don't need to try to establish my bona fides in that regard because I don't claim to be a prophet. But I do believe that God speaks to people today. And I can hear the voice of God. Maybe not as often as all of us would like, but we all can hear the voice of God. And the Old Testament priest was more uh, the kind of person that I am in terms of my role as a pastor. He carried the breastplate right over his heart with 12 precious stones in it. And each one of those were precious gems, each one of them a different color. And they represented the 12 tribes of Israel, God's people, he didn't wear them on his side like a holster, down on his shin like a shin guard, or on his foot like a sandal, or on his back like a backpack. He wore them over his heart. And that's where every pastor and our staff carry this church, and other churches are carried by their pastors over their heart. As a pastor, I seek God. What is it that you want for our people, your people, in this coming year? That we might know how to strategize and fulfill the vision that you have for us as a church and as individuals. And if you know anything about Inspire Church, you know that our vision is reach, inspire, elevate. It's right there on that side of the building. And that simply means that we reach people with the gospel. And when we reach them with the gospel and they hear the teachings of the word of God, their lives are inspired. Because the word inspire in the Greek means the breath of God. And when God breathes upon them like he did in Acts chapter 2. Or even like he did at Adam. Or in the valley of dry bones in the book of Ezekiel. Life always comes. And the inevitable consequence of being reached and then inspired with the word of God. Is that you bring your life into alignment with the word of God. You get elevated. That's automatic. It's part of the package. We are made to sit together. With him in heavenly places. It's 
Just part of the process. If you align yourself with the word of God, you don't have to ask, how am I going to elevate my life? It will begin to happen automatically. Amen. And our world has been through some tough times recently, hasn't it? Wow. Like the last two years have been unlike anything I've ever lived through. My grandmother used to talk about the Great Depression, but I don't think it was anything like this. The Spanish flu may have been, and it occurred during her lifetime. It it was, in terms of fatalities, a worse thing. And more people lost their lives. But she talked about all those things. And I think that if she were alive right now, she would say, man, these, these rival anything I've ever experienced. These two years have been tough. And when we began the year 2020, I'd sought the Lord and prayed in 2019 for what he wanted me to speak. And the Lord had emphatically impressed upon my heart that the theme for the year 2020 was redefining normal. And everything looked good at the time. And I thought, Lord, are you sure? Redefining normal? Really? He said, yeah, that's the word of the Lord for this church for 2020. I had no idea how prophetic those words were. And I know, I know, I'm sorry. It's all my fault. I never should have released it. Amen. Amen. But boy, did we ever have to redefine normal in this. And just two months later, COVID erupted. And in the space of two weeks time, after it hit, normal was completely redefined. Within a matter of days, we went into worldwide shutdown. International travel was halted. Borders were closed for seven months. For many countries, even much longer than that. Restaurants closed down. You remember when you couldn't even go into a restaurant? They brought the takeout to you. You had to call it in. Businesses folded right and left. Shut down. And if you cleared your throat, just everybody turned and looked at you in there like... And started running in the other direction. Amen. Someone said about the pandemic, this too shall pass. <laughs> and somebody else said, yes, yeah, like a kidney stone. Amen. <laughs> Amen. And during the pandemic, unfortunately, some of us put on a few extra pounds. <laughs> and like one guy said, my stomach is flat, F-L-A-T. Only the L is silent. And this has been a stressful time too, hasn't it? Amen. Somebody said, it's okay if you fall apart once in a while. Tacos fall apart. We still love them anyway. (laughs) Right? And for some others, the good news is you have successfully come out of a bad relationship and somebody else had to quarantine with your ex. You know what I'm talking about. Amen. Praise God. Parents have had to homeschool their kids. One mom said, if you see me talking to myself, I'm having a parent-teacher conference. (laughs) How many of you relate to that? Amen. And speaking of COVID, another person said, I looked up my symptoms on Google. It turns out I just have kids. (laughs) People lost jobs. 
Those fortunate enough to have them had to work from home. Schools were closed. We all had to wear a mask. I still wear them. Use hand sanitizer. Someone said they've used so much hand sanitizer that when they go to the bathroom, they clean the toilet bowl. And then we finally made it through 2020. And Dr. Fauci told us that because the new vaccines had been developed, that 2021 was going to be great. It was going to be fantastic. Take a little while to get everybody vaccinated. I'm not pushing. I'm not telling you not to. Every person should pray about that. But the point of it is simply this. They said the pandemic was almost over. And if we would be patient, it would certainly be over before long. And the vaccine, they stated, would make us immune to the virus. Surprise, surprise. Amen. Now then, they're talking about getting boosters all up and down your arm. You're going to look like you had tattoos, whether you believe in them or not. Amen. You fussed at your teenager. Now you're going to have a bunch of them. And then came 2021. And the reality is all these breakthrough cases to Omicron are occurring. People who have been vaccinated. Hopefully that means they get a lesser version of the disease. That's what they're telling us is happening. And on the other hand too, I I might say, thank God, thank God, thank God. They're claiming the pathogenicity of this particular virus is not as bad as some of the others like Delta which means that for many, you just have a cold. I preached Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, Boxing Day, which is the day after Christmas. Did great, I had a sore throat, but I, I tested repeatedly and was negative. And then when you know, after Christmas, was all, all that was over. Then I got a fever the next week and tested and was positive. I had to quarantine and I've been, don't worry, I'm completely beyond it. I've been testing negative for days and days and days. Amen. Two weeks now. Quarantine last weekend just because I don't want to risk anybody getting the virus from me. Amen. I'm around a lot of people. But as we moved into the year 2021, we were having all these positive statements, right? All these positive things were being said. Brian, it's so good to see you. I just saw you. God bless you. I want you to raise your hand. That man needs a miracle from God. Add him to your prayer list. His name is Brian Doxater. I love Brian. Amen. Had a physical challenge during this whole COVID thing. It's left him pretty, pretty affected. But listen. Everybody was saying it's going to get better. New administration, it's going to get better. Not getting into politics. Vaccine, it's going to get better. COVID's going away. Economy is going to get better and everything. And then God told me, wait, 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 wait. Wait, wait, wait. I've got a different word for the church. The word that God gave me for 2021 is that we should get used to different. Because things weren't changing anytime soon. And they didn't. And they haven't fully gone back to normal now. And now once again, I'm stuck in this place where I'm out on this limb and I'm going to have to let you judge whether you feel this resonates in your spirit or not. But the word that God has given me is once again not lining up with what's happening out there. Oh, more recently, the news has been positive because of what I said about Omicron not being as deadly. But once again, I'm hearing a different kind of word from the Lord. And in fact, I do like this. I was 
praying and fasting through all of this last year. And finally Christmas came. And I'm thinking, God, are you sure this is the theme for the new year for Inspire Church? And then a doctor got on TV and he made the statement. And I didn't see it on TV. I saw it on a news app. Somebody sent it to me. And he said that he believed Omicron was God's Christmas gift to the world. Because it was a milder virgin that would sooner or later, everybody's going to be exposed to it. And it will help us all have immunity to the more serious versions that are out there. And I thought, yes, Lord, please let that be the case that we all get beyond this. I don't want to preach any more funerals. And we had a lot of them go through this church in terms of people connected to our families. Not as many in the church, but our extended families. You don't realize it, but we did 68 funerals last year. That's a lot. I felt like I was developing PTSD. There were so many people that I knew of, knew about, people I'd met. Like I said, not members here, though we did lose some, but out there. And so before all these rising numbers and the various opinions came up, you know, I felt like God had spoken to me and I know I'm not infallible. And so, you know, if you disagree with what I'm saying and it doesn't resonate with you, I got it. But I, I got to share with you what God said. God brought Israel all the way back from 70 years of captivity. And he said, I'm turning things around and there's going to be a shift. And he said this, you used to be a curse among the nations, but I'm going to make you be a blessing to the nations now. And this is what God told me, that the shift is in one direction. And it's in this direction. It is the word better. I need somebody to know things are about to get better. I've got a word for somebody in the house that's barely been hanging on. It's about to get better. God is about to do something in your life. For somebody who's barely been able to stay in there. The fight has been severe. And like Israel, you come back, you're threadbare, you're worn, you're broke, you're hurting, you're bruised. The word of the Lord that I feel in my spirit is your marriage is about to get better. Your finances are about to get better. Your kids are about to get better. This is a word from God. Somebody's business is about to get better. Come on and give God some praise in this house. Better. Better, Sandra. Better. Better, Brian. Better. Better. God is in charge. Better. Woo. I got to slow down. This is... I got to slow down and I got to hurry up too because I don't have much time. (laughs) You need to understand that when you are in Christ, everything can be summed up literally in one word. Better. And if you want to use two words, infinitely better. Think about it. In Christ, we have a better name. 
We're given a better life. We possess a better hope. We have a better word. We have been given a better testament. We have a better inheritance. We live by a better covenant that has better sacrifices. We have a better tomorrow. We have a better future. We're going to a better place where we will have a better home with a better reward and a better eternity. And we, it will be in a better world. But that's not all. While we are still here because we honor the principles of God's word, our finances get better. Have you ever noticed that? You get saved, your finances begin to get better as you begin to tithe and give and and support missions. Our relationships are better as we align with God's word. Our marriages become better. Our families are better. Our children's futures are better because we're children of God. Hello, somebody. Hallelujah. We have a better conscience. Our health is better. Our emotions are better. Our mental well-being is better. And even old age (laughs) is better. Because in Christ, that's the inevitable direction your life takes. You see, life in Christ is always better. This is what John says in 1 John 3, 14. We know that we have passed from, oh, I feel this so strong. We know that we have passed from death to life because we love the brethren. Did you hear that? I need somebody that the enemies made you worry about what's going to happen in your life and worry about your future and worry about your kids and worry about your job. I need you to say, I have passed from death unto life. I'm on the right side of the equation now. I'm where God is at now. God is ruling my life. Better. When you give your heart to God and begin to live your life by the principles of his word, immediately that shift in the direction of better begins. Or maybe slowly at first, but it picks up momentum the more the word of God that you you begin to embrace and follow. And there is an inexorable turn and reversal in the way things were once going. And that's what God tells Israel. You're at the bottom. You've been somebody else's slaves in a foreign land. Your temple's been destroyed. Somebody else is living in your house that you don't even know back in your promised land. But it's going to get better. And he sent them back home. And he said, the ground is going to begin to bring forth for you. You're going to begin to experience harvest. He said, the temple's going to be blessed. Your life is turning toward better. And I just need somebody in this house to put both their hands on their chest and say, I am moving toward better. Shout it out like you mean it. I am moving toward better. Literally, the whole message of the Bible can be summed up in this one statement. God is moving us from a fallen state to one that is infinitely better from failure to victory. From darkness to light, from loss to gain, from sin to righteousness, from hell to heaven. The Bible is about better. And now I want to speak to somebody. Because someone in this room needs to hear what I'm saying right now. Because you feel like you're very at the very end. 
But your marriage, this is a word for somebody about their marriage. Your marriage is getting ready to get better. In 2022, God's turning your marriage around. Give God praise for somebody who is at a rough patch in their life right now. And somebody else who is here who feels like they're on the bottom and the whole world is piled on top. Don't you worry about it. I've come to tell you things are turning around. There's a shift. Amen. And by the end of 2022, this is a prophetic word to somebody. You're going to add up the gains and the losses. And where there have been more losses in the past than there have been gains. You're coming out in the black in 2022. God's turning it around. God's turning it around. God is moving you in the direction of better. So quickly, seven things that you can do as you work with the Holy Spirit this year to make your life better. Seven things because you have to work with God. Number one, it all begins with developing a new mindset for this new year. Old wineskins won't work in 2022. We've been through so much negativity, it has probably affected us in ways we don't even know it has affected us. It's affected our thinking, affected our emotions, affected our hope, stressed out. That in turn we carry home with us. And it's a kick the cat syndrome. Boss says something ugly to you. You can't speak back to him. So when you get home, just get out of the way, cat. And you carry it right into your house. Pass it on down the line. The word that I think God wants somebody to hear at this point in this message today is this. Get rid of the old wineskins. That was meant for the past. You're going to need new wineskins to contain what God is doing in 2022. Amen. And wineskins are containers. They are constructs and belief systems for carrying truth. But they can also carry the wrong things. They can carry negativity. They can carry unbelief. You can't allow that to happen. And that might mean that you need to draw a boundary somewhere between you and a few folk in your life. Because if you're not careful, you know what happens. The negativity of others can rub off on you. If you don't believe it, look at the 12 spies that went into the promised land. 10 of them came back with a negative report and an entire nation had to wander 40 years in the wilderness because the negativity of the spies that brought back the bad report, though there were only 10 of them, caused them to miss out on their promised land. Look at your neighbor and say, new wineskins, that's a word for me right there. Number two, listen closely. Learn in this year to love yourself the way God loves you. Learn to love yourself the way God loves you. Many of us need that. God loves us in spite of all of our imperfections. He does. And some of us deal with this and have dealt with it for years. This was, this was the single hardest thing for me to learn as a new believer. And it took me years and years. In fact, it took me decades to get it in my mind that God loved me the way he did everybody else. Because what I just said, you just did with that what I used to do. 
You nodded your head yes, but you think it meant for the person next to you. It was meant for the person next to you. No, it was meant for you. God loves you and he wants you to learn to love yourself the way he loves you. Bring your feelings into alignment with him about who he says you are. Amen. You see, we get it that he loved us when we were sinners, right? But listen to this. I want you to hear this. We see our imperfections. We know what they are. And that's why we sometimes loathe ourselves. We do. We don't want anyone to see them. But God sees them, but he doesn't hate us for them. Because they're covered by the righteousness of Jesus Christ. And by the grace of God. Listen to the word of the Lord, Romans 5, 8. But God demonstrates his love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Did you get that? Before you ever turned a thought toward God, he loved you enough to give his son. And then listen to verse number nine. Much more than those three words can revolutionize your life. Somebody shout it out, much more than. Come on, shout it out, much more Having now been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, much more. Somebody else say much more. Much more. Did you get that? Much more having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. What does that mean? It means that if God loved you enough when you were a sinner to give his son for you, he didn't stop loving you once you got saved. Stop loathing yourself. Look in the mirror and say, I'm a child of God. Look in the mirror and say, by the grace of God, I'm becoming more like him. That's why we're teaching that Wednesday night series, just like him. Amen. Number three, and I am just about done. Hunger and seek to learn more. Your life will be better this year because you're going to learn things you don't know. Learning is essential to our existence. Just like you must have food for nourishment for your body. Information and continued learning are necessary for your mind and provide nourishment for your mind. And without physical nourishment, your body will grow weak and susceptible to disease and sickness. And if you go long enough without nourishment, you will die. You see, many people fail to understand the mind is the same way. And they keep looking for the year to change, year in and year out, and it never does because they never learn anything else. Never learn anything new. Don't study. Don't read. That's why, again, just like him, Wednesday night, be here. Amen. You see, nobody knows everything. I certainly don't. I misquoted a scripture this morning. Had to look up the reference. But the Bible is clear that nobody knows everything. And there's error. Somebody said, i got to find the perfect church with no error in it. Well, guess what? Good luck with that. Let me know how it works for you. You see? Because there's no church that doesn't have some error in it. There's no one of us that doesn't have some error. And that's the whole process of learning is God corrects and adjusts and adapts and, and moves us in the right direction with his word. I was stunned one day as I've shared with you recently when I was reading 1 Corinthians 15, the great resurrection chapter where Paul tells the church at Corinth 
Corinth. How say some of you there is no resurrection of the dead? I was, I was stunned. You mean there were people in the church in Corinth that didn't even believe in the resurrection? Yes, but that's not all. They even had say. How say some of you were leaders? Well, Pastor, I'm looking for that perfect church that I can join. Well, I hate to be the one to tell you, but if you ever find it, they won't let you and me join. Sorry about that. Sad face emoji and all that kind of stuff. Because you and I are not perfect. And if we join it, it won't be perfect anymore either. I think of Aquila and Priscilla, Acts 18. They found Apollos who was eloquent, mighty in the word of God, mighty in scripture. And they expounded the way of God to him. What? More perfectly. They didn't confront him like they used to in the background that I came from. Oh, you don't know the word of God. You're not really saved, you know. They, they didn't wear beards, but if they did, they'd been doing this. You know, back in the day, you don't know what I know. No, they took him aside and expounded the way of God to him more perfectly. He maintained a teachable spirit, though he was an expert in Jewish law. And the very next chapter says that Paul, having passed through Corinth, came to Ephesus and found certain disciples of John and asked them, have you received the Holy Spirit since you believed? He didn't beat them over the head and say, you got to get baptized right now. You, you, you know, rebaptized it. No, he expounded the way of God to them more perfectly. Like Aquila and Priscilla, his disciples did in Acts 18 with Apollos. Listen to this. If you don't get any new information and learning to challenge the era in your life and spark creativity, your mind will continue to think in the wrong direction and go long enough without learning and your life begins to wither and die because your mind is dying. Isaiah 33 and 6 says, wisdom and knowledge will be the stability of your times. What will be the stability of your times? Wisdom and knowledge and the strength of salvation. The fear of the Lord is his treasure. Learning new things will help you remain relevant. And I love what the NIV says about that that particular verse. It says, he will be the sure foundation for your times, a rich store of knowledge and wisdom and and a a rich store of salvation and wisdom and knowledge. The fear of the Lord is the key to this treasure. Whoa. The fear of the Lord is the key to this treasure. What's the key to this treasure of knowledge and learning? The fear of the Lord. What's that? Terror? God, I'm scared to death of you. No. The fear of the Lord is the reverence of God. It's the awe of God. When you worship, you put yourself in a place to receive the knowledge and the wisdom that exists in Scripture. That's the key. Amen. Number four, love. And listen, this can be hard. But love everyone and treat them with respect. Come on up, musicians. I'm done. Amen. Smile at everybody. I know that might be a challenge, but smile at them. Make everybody you meet feel like, wow, this was the best moment of my day. I just ran into you. And when you walk off, make them think, man, I'm glad I know them. Love them the way Christ loves them. And in this world of division and hate, Haven't we had enough of that? Enough of the hatred, enough of 
of all of this division between religions and races and political division. Come on, get that out of here. Thy kingdom come. Bring healing, Lord. Make everybody feel special because they are. You you say, you don't know this person. Oh, yeah. I've met a few like that too. I might even be one of them. (laughs) But make them feel special because they were special enough to Christ that he died for them. And number five, set healthy boundaries in your life with toxic people. This is a word from God. Everybody shout the word better. Come on, better. Say it again. Better. Better. If you want your life to get better, set boundaries in your life for the toxic people that are in your life. And you've got some. And they'll trample all over your flowers as long as you let them. And you need to draw a line and say, this is my space and that's yours. And you stay on your side of this line and I'm going to stay on my side of it. And we're going to get along real well like that. Amen. This year is going to be better because you're not going to allow people to ignore and violate your boundaries anymore. And make you feel bad about who you are. God loves you. He's graving you up on the palms of his hands. Don't you let anybody make you feel less than who you are. Number six, enjoy life and learn to live in the moment. That is, refuse to live with stress. Because you see, what some of us are doing, we've been carrying the stress of the last two years with us. And we're even projecting that into the future. But leave the stress behind you and live in the moment Stop living two years ago. Wouldn't that happen? Five years ago. 20 years ago. Stop living back there. And don't live in the future either. Live in the moment. Stop worrying about what am I going to do? You know, I I don't know how this is going to turn out. I'm preaching to somebody right now that I feel with all of my heart. your, Your situation Concerning your work, you're scared to death about your work right now. I just wonder just to confirm that. Does anybody raise their hand and say you're not sure about Yeah, yeah, keep a number of hands. I, th- I thought as much. And the word for the Lord is to you, don't worry. Don't worry. Don't worry. Shout it out loud with me, dear beloved saints of God. Don't worry. Come on, say it. Don't worry. Don't worry. Don't worry. God takes care of the lilies. He'll take care of you. And seven, pray. 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 Thy kingdom come. Stand with me across the building. I'm done.